All right. Good morning, Christian Layman Church. So good to see everyone here um, at church, at the office, in your bedroom, wherever you are. Um, They're really glad to see you. Um, We want to kick things off with musical worship. And this morning, just wanted to start off by taking a little bit of time uh, to reflect. Uh, It's been, you know, a long week. There's a lot going on in the world. And I think as we're singing these songs this morning, I hope that as we are focusing and honing in on who God is, um, this God that we serve, uh, this God who we are a child of, um, that we're also thinking about uh, the ways where maybe we're not aligned um, in God's story for us. And so I'm sure you've all, you've all we've, we've said it, we say it all the time, um, and for good reason, of the gospel and how God came down to earth um, he, after creating it and sin coming into the world and so sending his son to do what we could never do. And we hear that and it gets, it might uh, sometimes feel repetitive or it can get mundane after hearing it so many times. And so this morning as, as we're singing these songs, um, finding maybe the places in our life where our story is out of alignment um, with God's story for us. Um, maybe there are places where we still act or we live where we're in control of a certain part of our lives. And maybe it's, it's work or a relationship or the way we um, brush our teeth and just it's just something mindless we do. Um, God wants to be part of your teeth brushing and your career and your hobbies and all of it. And so... Um, as we're singing the songs these morning, just to, to remember that, see where we're fitting into God's story for us. Um, so we're going to start singing. I'm going to invite everyone to stand. And let's raise a hallelujah. Is a 
sing this next song um the first line i'm so forgetful uh but you always remind me and um again there's a lot of things that we that we hear over and over again it becomes repetitive um we just have to keep on reminding ourselves um it's like it says in deuteronomy putting it on on the doorposts i guess the modern version of that is putting on our cars on our mirrors um on our hearts um our, our family members and friends repeating it of who God is, that he's a good God, um, that he's a God uh, who's the keeper of peace, the keeper of comfort, um, who is here with you all the time, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't seem like it. Um, so we're going to sing this song together and, and, again, just remembering that he's the only one who brings us peace, um, that he's the only one who brings joy, all these things that we associate with uh, that are good things and there's lots of places where sometimes we think we can go here and there um, to find them Um, but coming back to the only one um, who provides us with these things I'm so forgetful 
I'm so forgetful, but you always remind me. You're the only one who brings me peace. You're the only one who brings me peace. I'm so forgetful, but you always remind me. You're the only one who brings me peace. You're the only one who brings me peace. So I come, Lord, I come, I come, Lord, I come, and tell you I love you, to tell you I need you, to tell you there's no better place for me than in your arms to tell you I'm sorry for running in circles for placing my focus on the ways not on your face you're the only one who brings me all these moments on on the water uh, where 
It'd be a, a storm would come, and Jesus would literally be right there in the boat, and the disciples would still be completely terrified. And um, I don't know. I definitely relate a lot to that. And so I think as we're singing these songs this morning, um, it's not so much about the stresses and anxieties that we currently have, which obviously we need to wrestle through and understand and give give to God. Um, but just a lot of times we just need to remember again just this God that we serve, how powerful he is, that we can come to him anytime, um, and that even in those scariest, darkest moments, the storm is there. Peter walked on water. God can do miracles and amazing things um, even in those, in those dark times. Um, so let's sing this next song together.
Yes, God, um, we thank you that you are our provider, um, that everything we need comes from you, um, that you will give to us, um, that in the moments where you feel far away, doesn't seem like you're there, maybe we've forgotten. Um, remind us of your presence. Remind us of your goodness. Um, that regardless of what we are worrying or stressing about um, in the worries and cares of the world, of the darkness and evil that we see, um, despite all of that, you are there. You rule and you reign. And we thank you for that. Um, we lift up this time. We pray that you empower Pastor Ben with the words to say, um, that you prepare our hearts, um, that you are making his hearts of flesh, not of stone this morning. Uh, we lift up all these things to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, church. Uh, we're going to keep things going with community life. Toss it over to Danny. Thank you, Josh and worship team. Good morning, CLC. How are we all doing this morning? Enjoying the energy in the room this morning. For everyone tuning in uh, online at the CLC Church office or here with us in person, uh, we're so glad you could join us uh, for a time of worship, fellowship, uh, and just really delving into the Word this morning. Um, you know, simply put, the mission statement here at CLC each and every week and all the time is to make disciples who love God, love people, and who seek to serve the world. One way that we seek to do that is connecting with you. Um, and so this is your first time here. Uh, we Joining us online or in person, we'd love to get to connect with you and your family. Simply reach us at www.christianlayman.org forward slash contact or email us at info at christianlayman.org. We'd love to get you plugged in here in our community and all the wonderful, amazing things that we have in store for this year, especially as we celebrate the 100-year anniversary of CLC. Now, if you've been with us here before, you know that one of my personal favorite segments outside of um, slightly whispering good morning at the start of this segment is the quow or the question of the week. And so uh, for this week, as someone who is a self-proclaimed huge fan of K-dramas, one of my favorite genres is slice of life, but I also enjoy a slice of pizza. And so for this morning, um, the question of the week uh, to the person to the left and right of you or in the comment section is, what is your favorite all-time topping on a slice of pizza? My personal favorite, cheese. Um, and so with that, uh, this morning with our first announcement, uh, we will be having uh, the CLC worship and prayer meeting next Saturday at 9.30 at the CLC church office. Uh, this will be a great way to really just kick off the new month. So definitely march on over and we'll see you there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> needed, needed that to bail me out. Um, also, next Sunday, we'll be having our CLC annual meeting. Um, this will be just a wonderful way to really reflect back on 2021 and the many um, exciting things that happened here in our community and also to look ahead uh, as we look ahead at 2020 
uh, and what we have in store uh, with the different celebrations we have this summer for the 100-year anniversary and much, much more. Uh, definitely make sure not to miss out. And as a church that loves its food, um, what rhymes with Roly Wow is Holy Chow. So we will be seeing you there uh, for that after service. Uh, definitely make sure to RSVP on the Evite, and we will see you there for some information, some good food, and some good times with the people here in our community. And uh, lastly, uh, coming up from April 22nd to 24th, uh, why did the chicken cross the road to get better cell reception to sign up for the CLC annual retreat that will be taking place at Redwood Christian Park? Uh, we have amazing speakers, worship, lots of good food, and lots of good fellowship coming up. And one of the things I want to emphasize as well, especially for our college and our grad students, is that there are scholarships available if price is a concern. We definitely want to make sure to have as many of you out there with us in the woods uh, on the 22nd to the 24th uh, for just some quality time here with your CLC family. And with that, I'd like to invite up my fellow um, brother-in-arms, uh, Pastor Ben, former or hopefully current still Laker fan. Thank you, Benny. Benny, you are one of a kind, surely. Before I begin um, today's message... Um, how many of you guys are following what, what's happening in um, Ukraine? This morning, um, I, I woke up and uh, I saw um, what is to be live. Uh, uh, this, this lady um, thanking, thanking Mr. Putin. Hey, thank you, Mr. Putin, while her house is being burnt down. And she was saying like, hey, thank you, Mr. Putin, because, you know, um, winter in Ukraine is so cold and that you're warming my life. And, and seriously, her house is being burnt down uh, in be, behind. Or the footage of the Ukraine military just kind of, you know, dancing. You know, they're, they're just kind of dancing in the midst of wherever they are. But, you know, just kind of just reality is that, I, I don't know, um, for this war, uh, this war, it, it's so personal to me. Maybe it's because, it, like, constantly, you know, uh, they're, they're showing what's happening so live, right? And um, another footage that I saw this morning was this one girl. I think it was an American girl. Uh, she was pleading, and she was saying that, I don't want to die. I, I don't want to die, and I want to be able to get out of Ukraine. And um, saw another footage where... A father was going to war and he was saying goodbye to his son and son was in tears. And so this morning, as we go into um, today's message, I just want to lift up a prayer for Ukraine and and just I know there's nothing that we could do. Maybe there's some ways that maybe you found out that that you could do. And I just, you know, this morning, Frank was telling me that. He has friends who's actually in Ukraine. And so whatever the situation that you guys are in, I just want to kind of lift up a prayer for, for Ukraine. So let's pray. Father God, I am grateful that I am sitting and standing here 
in, in the midst of this room with my brothers and sisters because I feel safe. I don't feel fearful of a war that is happening in Ukraine. And yet, Father God, I, as I'm reading through the book of Matthew, as we're going through this sermon series, one of the things that, that you've taught me was to have the same mind and same feelings and same attitudes. And Lord, as you look into the lives and the people of Ukraine, I know, Father Lord, that you are, you are shedding your tears for those people who are being lost. And this morning, Father God, as we dive into the word of God, uh, we want to feel, you know, we want to know, and we want to engage what you are feeling. And I ask in the name of Jesus that, Lord, would you allow us, Father God, to be sympathetic and apathetic, empathetic. But more importantly, Father God, I ask, help us to pray for those people, Father God. Father, we just sang the song, Raising a Hallelujah. And one of the lyrics said that, Out from the ashes that hope will arise. I pray, Father Lord, that some of the parts of Ukraine are in ashes. And Father God, from that ashes, that hope will arise. Not because, Father God, the war will end, but Father God, that you are in control. That you are the hope, Father God. You are the peace uh, of this turmoil, uh, turmoil times. And I ask in the name of Jesus that during this trials or tribulations, Father God, that the people of Ukraine are going through. I just pray, Father Lord, that would you just pour your peace? Would you just pour your Father Lord, your, your, your um, emotion, Father God, upon them? Father, I found out that there is actually a hundred Korean missionaries, Father God, who are scrambling and just to, to come out of Ukraine. But I just pray, Father Lord, that as, as we reminded that wherever we go, wherever we do, that Father God, that we need to be the salt and light. And I pray, Father Lord, that from those moments, those really those moments where like there is no hope, Father God, I pray that you would instigate these people, Father God, that they'd be able to really give hopes, Father God, because we have hope in you. For, for us this morning, Father, I pray that if there are any walls that might be erected in our lives, if there is any resistance of letting you to take control of our lives, I pray, Father Lord, that you will break any walls, any resistance. Father God, we submit to the condition of your spirit as the spirit is moving in this room. And I pray, Father Lord, that would you let go, would you allow us to let go of all anxiety, all worries, Father God, and let you into our life so that that you, the hope of peace, be able to rule in our lives as well. Father, we receive this word that is given to you, given to us, Father God. And I ask, Father Lord, that surely that help us not just to retain it with their just head knowledge, but also, Father God, help us to apply the truth in our lives. Father, I thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sermon on the Mount or upside down living is what we've been calling it for the past seven weeks was Jesus's longest explanation of how he wished for his followers to live, how our everyday lives 
should reflect upon his words. You know what? It's just more than looking good on the outside, but matter of the heart. You know, as, as I was preparing for this message, I feel like God is saying, as we're winding down, and today's the last right, sermon on the Sermon on the Mount, I feel like God is saying to us, would you, would you, all of us, feel what I am feeling? I feel like that's what exactly what God's been teaching me, is that, you know, would you, Ben, allow me to kind of come into your life and feel what I'm feeling. But you know, people often tell me, Pastor Ben, this, this kingdom living, it's, it's sort of like, it, it's really hard. I mean, come on, you know, wherever we go, we're supposed to make sure that it's a better place because Christ lives inside of us. Always making sure that, that to make a conscious effort that we are to become a peacemakers or to have a bifurcated souls. And, you know, just the other day, my wife comes home with this hideous dress and he kept asking me, you know, like, how do I look, honey? Do, do I look pretty in this dress? I mean, weren't we taught? Weren't we taught that, you know what, our yeses needs to be yes and our noes to be no because our words carry a lot of weight. Now, what about the other day that, you know what, I really told my neighbor what I really, really think of that person. Yeah, I know, I know. We're supposed to love our neighbors. I mean, Jesus even said to bless them, right? And not to mention that we're supposed to store up our finances in the eternal bank, heaven, where no moth and no rust could get to it. And then there were more rules about fasting and prayers. Now, if that wasn't overwhelming, today's message is going to make some of you guys very uneasy because it's telling us not to be anxious. Now, oh, oh, really, 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 really? You know what? I mean, is there anyone in this room who is exempt from that kind of a loving? I mean, come on, Pastor Ben. It's really, really unrealistic. Because it doesn't matter who you are or where you are in your stage of life. Those of you guys who are young. Anxious thought is universally common to all human experiences for all of us. About a couple of months ago, when I found out that my mom had colon cancer, I mean, I was worried sick. And when I found out that a cancer in my family had invaded, I was really, really scared. Maybe that's why Jesus exhorts us today, do not worry about anything. Do not worry about anything. But it's, it's not just in this passage alone, but the idea of do not be afraid is actually the most repeated, repeated words, phrases, repeated in scriptural verses throughout the whole Bible. I mean, God said it to Joshua 
when Joshua was about to take over Moses' ministry, right, as they were going to the land of the promise. God said it to Gideon when calling him to lead Israel in the book of Judges. Even Jesus said it to the woman at his own resurrection in Matthew chapter 28, verse 10. You know what? Even Adam, when he sinned, when when he was in the garden, when he sinned, a new word entered his vocabulary. When God told Adam, ask Adam, 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 what are you? And what did Adam reply? Oh, how did Adam reply? He said, I am hiding because I'm afraid. Today we are closing our, our, our sermon series that we've been calling it the Upside Down Living. And Jesus is commanding us to never worry about anything. Now, I, I think I was in college. I think I was in a college Bible study when I first read of this passage in Matthew chapter 6 or a similar verse in Philippians chapter 4. And all of a sudden I, I asked because I believe I was worried about something. I tried to remember what I was worrying about, but I know I was worrying about something. And I asked God, hey, God, so is there any wiggle room or any exception to this verse? Is there a moment I could just worry a little bit, little bit? I mean, you know, we are talking about my mom, God. And God replied, nope. He says, never worry. And I said, what about in this situation? And God says, nope. No to that either. Well, what about, no, nope, nope. And God says to me, never worry about anything. Now, you think maybe Jesus was onto something or thought that worry was such an important topic that he puts this very subject in one of the most famous sermon that he gave, the Sermon on the Mount. And today he starts off by saying in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than the clothes? Now, this morning, we're going to figure out, or we're going to try to kind of like figure out, why did God, why did Jesus say worrying don't worry. Why was worrying such an important topic to Jesus? Well, number one, number one, worry is unreasonable. Worrying is very illogical because worrying doesn't make sense. You know, because when we go through problems or through difficult situations, does worrying solve or shrink that problem? Think about it. When you worry, does worrying actually shrink or solve that problem? And the answer is no, because in reality, worrying actually makes the problem bigger. And Jesus knew that worrying, what what worrying would do in our lives, because worrying would only exaggerate the problems and it would rob us from our joy and peace. Now, do you remember where God told Noah to put the window in the ark? Those of you guys who are biblical scholars, where did God tell Noah to put the ark? 
It is found in Genesis 6. Do you know where? On top. He told Noah to put the only, only window on top. God knew the heart of men. Can you imagine the Noah's family looking out the window? Can you imagine if we, if they were to put windows on the ark on the size where we normally do, right? Can you imagine? Can you imagine Noah's family like, oh my goodness, when is it going to stop? Look at all the winds. Look at all that lightning. Look at that dinosaur. He's dying. Can you imagine? But instead, God told Noah to look up. To look up. To focus on me. Let go of your, all your worries, your feelings, your anxieties, and look up. And focus on me because I am the only one who is going to give you that peace. You know, I love uh, Joshua's uh, little comment today is that, you know what? The disciples, right? Disciples were worried, right? About the wind, right? When they had Jesus in the boat. And wasn't it Peter also who was able to walk that three steps, right? Because his focus was on who? It was on Jesus, not on the wind. But as soon as he lost that focus, right? He was focusing upon that wind. All of a sudden, he realized he was scared. So worrying is unreasonable because it only exaggerates the issues. But you know also that worrying doesn't work. It has never worked. It's very, very ineffective. Look at verse 27. Can any one of you by worrying and add a single hour to your life? You see, worry has never accomplished anything, and it will, never will. The only thing that worry does is that it destroys the person who thinks it or who does it. Do you know that, you know, um, to worry about something you can't change, it's useless. And to worry about something that you can change, now, Pardon my French. It's stupid because, you know what, just go do it. But in either case, worrying is not the answer. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. Why are you doing something that it doesn't work? Worrying is unreasonable. Number two, worrying is very, very unnatural. Look at verse 26. And look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Do you guys know that we are the only of God's creation or God's creatures that worry? He's saying birds don't worry, animals don't worry, dogs don't worry. Actually, you know what? Um, as I was preparing this, as I wrote, like, dogs don't worry. And go, man, they do, but they actually create worries. Now, I, I, I rent uh, in my house, right? I, I rent in my house, and I am worry sick. 
that when I leave my house, I won't get my deposit back because you know what? My dog had peed so many places, right? Seriously, he had, she had peed so many places that it, I, I'm actually like, I don't think we're going to get that deposit back. Now, that makes me worried. But my dog, she's always going around, wagging her tail. She's, you know, very, very lively. She's not worried. Now, what do, I, what do I mean by worrying is unnatural? Well, you know what? We are not born with it. I don't think there are such a people who are born warriors. We actually learn from someone. We learn from somewhere else. Worrying is something that we have acquired and we have learned over the years. Now, here's the good news. If we learn it, I, I think we can learn it, okay? Okay? If we really, really try, if we have learned something, we could actually earn learn it. Now, for those people who have actually learned it, we've actually become very, very good at worrying. Because we've been practicing it, and some of us, we've actually become pros. Now, last week, we just finished the Olympic um, Winter Games in Beijing, right? And I really, really think if an Olympic sport had the sport of warring, some of you guys would get the gold medal. Now, my mom will be one of them because she is such a worrywart. And she had actually gotten her PhD in anxious thoughts. So worrying is learned. We've all learned it from someone or somewhere. Now for me, I I learned it from my mom. And so it's unnatural. It's acquired. I mean, there's no babies coming out from mother's womb and thinking, hey, you know what? Why did my mom just shove me out? I really, really liked it in there. You know what? Now that I'm out, how am I going to live in this world? I don't see too many babies worrying about how they're going to survive. And that's why number 20, verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They did not sow or reap or store away in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, I, I want you to focus upon that latter verse in verse 26, the word, your heavenly Father. Who is God to you? Isn't he our heavenly father who is also the king of all kings? And as children of the king, children of royalty, then why are you so worried about? The birds don't worry. And God isn't even their father. Now, God created the birds, but he isn't their father, but he is our father. So why do you worry so much? And the verse continues on in verse 28. Then why do you so worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow and do not labor and spin. It, I tell you that not even the Solomon's in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And what God is saying that, you know what? In all of God's creations, we are the only ones that worry. Birds don't worry. Animals don't worry. Plants don't worry. Human beings are the only ones who worry. And this is what Jesus is saying to us. Aren't you more valuable than these things that I've created? Because I am your father. And so Jesus is saying to us is that 
Don't worry because worrying is so unnatural. Number three, worrying is not unreasonable, unnatural, but it's unhealthy. Do you guys know that our bodies weren't meant to carry a load, all these loads? Now, some of you guys have small loads, and some of you guys have a lot of loads, right? Now, have you ever heard of the term, I am worried sick? I've used it twice in my sermon. Did you pick it up? Now, we weren't meant to carry all this, all the load, what, what worrying does. And because we have said it, I'm worried sick, it's actually making some of us sick. It's taking a toll in our bodies. You know, according to some medical journals, that guilt, resentment, and worry are the top three causes of most sicknesses in our lives. Now, so then, could it be that not so much what we eat, now, it it does matter, okay, guys, but what eats us that makes us sick? You guys are supposed to laugh. I really, really thought that was a really, really good punchline. It's not what we eat, but what eats us that makes us sick. Now, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, look at Proverbs 12, 25. Proverbs 12, 25 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down. An anxious heart makes a man down. Do you guys know what the word worry means? It's an old English word that means to strangle or to choke. And that's what the worry means. Now, if you actually understand why worrying makes us sick, and now you understand because it makes us, what, strangle and choke. And every time someone is worrying, you are strangling or choking some life out of your body. Ah, but, but... But a heart of peace gives life to the body. Proverbs 14.30. A heart of peace gives life to the body. You know, um, my primary care physician, now I don't know if she's a Christian or not, but I think she's a Christian. Every time I go visit her office, she knows I'm a pastor. And she always kind of asks, so what is your stress? That's the first thing she asks me. What is your stress? And whenever I actually leave, and when I exit the room, she says, Pastor Ben, worry affects your circulation, your heart, your glands, your nervous systems. And this is what she says. Pastor Ben, I have never met anyone in my whole practice who died from working so hard, but I have known plenty who have died from worrying so much. And that's what she says all the time. All the time. So if you want a healthier life, let go of your worries. Let go of all your anxieties. Let go and let him in to your life. Jesus, who is our Jehovah Rapha, our prime care physician, 
Let go and let him into your life. So worrying is unreasonable, unnatural, unhealthy. And lastly, worrying is unnecessary. Worrying is unnecessary. Look at verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which he is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you little of faith? I want you to test your memory. What did you worry about one year ago today? Can you guess what you were worrying about one year today? Now, some of you guys are able to answer that because you know what? You guys were under very immense, immense trials. Something great happened. But I would wager, I would wager that most of you will not be able to give me a clear answer what you guys worried about one year ago today. One year ago today, worrying. It's an unnecessary activity. Now, I want you to right now pause and I want you to kind of reflect or meditate upon verse 30. And I pause and I meditate upon verse 30. You know, I feel like God is saying to me, Jesus is saying to all of us, Jesus is saying to all of us, don't worry, I got you. I'll take care of you. Just let me into your life. Don't you think I could meet all your needs? Remember, I have made you, I have created you, I have saved you, I put my spirit inside of you. I, I love you so very much, but you live as if you do not trust completely what I'm doing. I feel like verse 30 is saying, you know what? You don't really trust what I'm doing in your life. There was a man named Jack who was walking along a steep cliff one day and he accidentally got close to the edge and he fell. On the way down, he grabbed a branch, was temporarily stopped the fall. He looked down into her and saw that, you know what, if he fell, he would go fall into thousands and thousands of feet. He couldn't hang on to the branch any longer, and there was no way for him to climb back up to the cliff. So Jax began to yell, help, 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 and he, he yelled for hours, but no one heard him. Now, he was about to give up when he heard a voice, Jack. Jack, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, oh yes, I, I, I can hear you. Uh, I'm down here. Can't you see? I'm, I, I'm, I'm here. And, and the voice says, I can see you, Jack. Are you right? Yes, yes. Who, who are you? Where are you? And the, the voice replied, I am the Lord, Jack. I am everywhere. The, the Lord? You mean God? Yes, that's me. Oh, God, please save me. Please help me. I'll do anything for you. Now, now Jack, 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 um, easy on the promises. Jack, um, let, let's just first get you out of there, and then we can talk. Okay, now, here, this is what I want you to do, Jack. Listen carefully. Oh, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll, I'll do anything. Jack, Jack, yes, yes, just tell me what to do. Let go of that branch that you're holding on to. What? You want me to do what? I said, can you let go of that branch that you are holding on to? 
Just trust me. Let go, Jack. And there was this long silence. And after the long silence, finally Jack yelled back again aloud. Help! Help! Is there anyone else up there? Now that's why I think verse 32 is so alarming because he says, for the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly fathers knows that you need them all. Those of you guys who have never read verse 32, I want you to look at it. And God is saying to us, Jesus is saying to us, when we worry, we act like the Gentiles. Now, I like the NIV translation of the word Gentiles. It's actually, I've given to you, I've actually substituted, I've actually said the pagans. Who are the pagans? We act like as if we, we don't know God. Now, this is what they did before they knew God, but now some of us, all of us, we know God And God is saying to us, don't live as if you don't have a God, because you do. Don't live like orphans, because you have a heavenly Father who cares so much. But sometimes, it's amazing for me to know sometimes that people go through life's problems that creates worries in their hearts, in their minds, in their souls, and they never tell that problem to our Heavenly Father. You know, I think sometimes Christians are embarrassed to go before the throne of heaven and say, Lord, I'm having a very, very difficult time here. I could really, really need your help right now. Would you help me? Because I can't go through this problem without you. And so God gives us the remedy. He prescribes. And that's found in verse 33. He says, but seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Do you guys remember a story that we all know of? It's found in Mark chapter 6. This is the feeding of the 5,000. And in the book of John, it tells you who those two disciples were coming and it says, you know what, Jesus, we have a problem. And Jesus says, what's the problem? Well, you know what? We have so many people, we have no food. And one of the disciples goes, even 200 denarii worth of food is not going to be able to provide all the food for this. Now, do you guys remember what Jesus' response to those two disciples, especially the one that says, Jesus it's not going to work. Even 200 denarii worth of food is not going to be able to feed all these people. Now, do you guys know what the response of Jesus was? Jesus said, Philip, you give them something to eat. Now, when I first read that verse, I didn't understand. What kind of God is this? Come on, you told me to, you know what, if I were to release all my prayers and answer, oh, oh, worries, that he would come, he's the Heavenly Father. But if you actually really, really look at the response 
You give them something to eat. You know what Jesus is saying? There is no way that you're going to be able to find the solution to this problem. So toss it back to me. I don't think Jesus' intention for that particular situation to feed the 5,000, but when the problem arose, when problem was addressed to Jesus, Jesus said, you know what? You give them something to eat, meaning that, you know what? He wanted us to know where our spirituality is. Can you, and once again, once again, Philip says, there's no way that even 200 denarii of worth of food is going to be able to solve this problem. And Jesus is asking, it's not your problem to solve. Bring it back. Toss it back to me. You know, when I found out that my mom had colon cancer, one of the things that I dreaded the most, after losing my dad, the greatest fear, one of the greatest fear that I faced was losing my mom. And I remember coming down from the mountains after burying my dad. I said, Lord, if you take my mom, I'll be very devastated. That was four years ago. And when I got that phone call from my brother saying, my mom has colon cancer, my, my life just shook. There wasn't an ounce of my body that it didn't cringe. I was worried sick. And I just couldn't release. I'll be honest with you, I didn't, you know, share with my wife. I was just kind of eating it up inside of me. At first, I was actually bitter at God. I said, you know, you took my dad four years ago, but if you were to take my mom, I think I, my, my life would be a little bit, be very difficult, God. And all of a sudden, God began to say, look, do you remember the conversation that you and I had? When you were arguing that, why did you take my dad? You know, why did I take your dad? My dad has Parkinson's disease. And one of the things that he loved the most, it was he loved playing soccer. And one of the things that he couldn't do when he had Parkinson was that he just couldn't play sports. And I remember the conversation, an audible conversation that I had in the hospital chapel when we unplug my dad and I was very, very angry. And I was kind of, you know, at Lord... I didn't even get to say goodbye to my dad. I remember God saying to me, son, your dad is up in heaven and he's doing what he loved the best, playing soccer. And when I heard that, oh my goodness, I said, Lord, thank you. And when I asked the same question, Lord, now I'm really, really worried. I'm worried sick. And God began to kind of say, don't worry. Don't worry, I got you. I am your heavenly father. 
I feel like Jesus knew exactly that worrying would hinder our ability to receive God's word, which in turn would stunt our spiritual growth. That's why he put worrying as one of the subjects and one of the topics as one of his greatest sermons, because he knew that worrying would hinder our ability to receive God's word and in return stunt our spiritual growth. I mean, Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it is impossible to please God. And so here is, here is, kind of the closing remark, the final remark. If we don't live with the anchor of faith, then we will simply drift in the sea of anxiety. If we don't live with the anchor of faith in our lives, we will simply drift in the sea of anxiety. And that's exactly why Jesus puts worrying in one of his greatest sermon, Sermon on the Mount. All of us worry. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't worry. Some of us worry a little bit more than some of us who doesn't. Some of us are gold medal winners and some of us are maybe bronze winners. But regardless, we all worry. But when we worry... And God is saying, toss it back to me. Now, before I close, I want to say one thing. Now, could it be also that we worry because we don't get what we want? If you go back and reread all the Bible verses that we, I just gave you from Matthew chapter 6 for 24 to 33, 34, God never promised us of what we want. But he does promise what we need. But could it be sometimes that, you know what? Because of the things that I want is so different from the need that he's giving to me. Maybe that's because we, you know what? We we worry. But regardless, regardless, if we don't live with the anchor of faith, we'll simply drift in the anxiety. And what God wants us to do is, Look, whenever you feel anxious, whenever you feel that anxious thoughts is choking or strangling your life, and God is saying to us, let me in. I got you. I am your heavenly father. I got this. Come on, 200 denarius worth of food is not going to be able to feed all these people. No, it's okay. I got this. And then Jesus performs the greatest miracles, I think. And there's 12 baskets, right? 12 baskets to illustrate that, that I am the bread of life. I am the one that you should seek and you should seek after. I, I really like one of my favorite songs is... is Raising a hallelujah. You guys, those of you guys who know, know the background of the song, go and, and listen to it. But it's, it's a spectacular. But one of the things I really, really love is that are we able to sing a raising hallelujah in the middle of a storm? 
Why? And because our eyes is focused on Jesus. Amen. And let me pray. Father God, I just thank you so very much that whenever and wherever, Father God, that I'm feeling so anxious that I can look up, that you are our Heavenly Father. Father, I thank you so very much for that timely message, especially for me. And now, Father, God, some of us who are worried, some of us are sick of worrying. I just pray, Father, Lord, help us to let go and let you in our life. Father, I thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Um, as you just called us to respond, uh, we're going to take some time to reflect. Um, he said, everyone, everyone worries. Um, and we know that we're all coming from different seasons and different places today. And so uh, you can respond in a variety of ways. Maybe it's just moving into a posture of submission um, to Jesus this morning, and maybe just kneeling down and getting on your knees and, and praying. Um, maybe just sitting quietly where you are, um, giving those those worries and those burdens up to Christ. Um, maybe it's just needing some corporate prayer. And We have an amazing prayer team in the back. You can go over to Pam, and she'd be happy to, to pray and, and hear what's on your mind this morning. Um, and maybe it's just singing and reflecting on the words. Um, so just take a moment to, to give those worries and burdens um, to our God this morning, to, to the keeper of peace.
everything you will stay true. You will stay true.
Sing this together, church. I found peace. I found peace far beyond all understanding. Letting flow in my mind's under siege. All anxiety bows in the presence of Jesus, the keeper of peace. Of Jesus, the keeper of peace. Peace is a promise he benediction this morning comes from 1 Thessalonians. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. Amen. All right, CLC, a couple announcements before we take off for the day. Uh, you can still go um, anytime Pam was in the back and she would love to pray for you. Uh, and there's also just always time to give prayer requests uh, to people on staff. You can reach out directly to anyone uh, or you can email prayer at christianlayman.org. Uh, if you have your financial tithes and offerings, uh, you can donate them over at christianlayman.org slash give. If you're here, you see the, uh, the little wipes, maybe you can just take a second to clean up your space. Um, also, for folks here um, at church today, there's going to be refreshments in the back. When was the last time we had that? So that's really exciting. Um, so join us for that after church. Uh, we'll see you back here same time next week. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for coming.